Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, welcome back to Oz Business, Australia's Business and Markets Network. I'm David Kosh and welcome to the call. 60 minutes of analysing 10 stocks that you suggested we look at and we put them to two experts and get the good oil on whether you should buy, sell or hold. And uh, first up on the call today, uh, Adam Dawes from Shoreham Partners. Adam, welcome. Yes, thank welcome you. Welcome to the call. Absolutely. Um, it's exciting. Mark- Market going great again today? Unbelievable, hey. What's but, driving uh, it? Well, I think, you know, yesterday we saw a bit of short selling or a bit of a short, sque- sorry, short squeeze uh, coming into right in the afternoon, which sort of made our market rally. I think the stimulus package that the government's yeah. put through, I think that potentially might have seen a bit of a flaw on this market. And look, there's some fantastic bargains out there. So, you know, good quality. You don't need to be a hero in this yep. market. You need to just buy quality. And that's exactly what we should be doing. Yep. There's some fantastic opportunities. Because those quality stocks have really come back, haven't they? Oh, well, Commonwealth Bank down 30%. BHP's holding up okay. Uh, the banks, the resources, uh, Woolworths, Coles, Woodside. I mean, yep. even with oil price at 20 bucks, it's actually up today. Uh, sort of a bit of a discount there, or, you know, so disconnect there. But yeah, absolute quality at the moment. And you buy businesses with good balance sheet, good businesses. They'll last the test of time. They won't fall over. And we will see some stocks fall along the wayside. As any any business, you will see that starting to fall. But yeah, don't be a hero. Don't buy the small stuff. Buy the big quality. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that was a message loud and clear yesterday on the call from uh, yeah. from Julia Lee and mm. also Chris McDonald. So, yeah. so, and they both mentioned Woodside and, and BHP as well. Yeah. Great balance sheets have been absolutely caned in this market. Mm. Sort of talking almost a once in 10 year opportunity. Absolutely. To really get yourself set in these blue chip portfolio stocks. Well, why wouldn't you? You know, we've seen probably in the last two years, we've seen this market potentially being overvalued and trying to talk to clients about maybe like holding some cash. A lot of fund managers have been holding a lot of cash. Now they're seeing the opportunities. Maybe that's another reason why we're seeing this bounce today. Also end of the month. End of the quarter, you know those kinds of things do help uh, make uh, make the markets. You know, there's a lot of cash that needs to be invested. So, just Commonwealth Bank or the big four in general? I think Commonwealth. Well, if we were going to pick one out of the four, right. uh, definitely Commonwealth Bank and Macquarie would be another one. Again, a fantastic business, but definitely Commonwealth Bank. It's got the retail side. It's got the net interest margin that is a lot bigger than a lot of the other banks. ANZ has the Asia exposure, West uh, NAB's got the small to medium enterprises, those kinds of things, they're going to be heard a lot more. But definitely Commonwealth Bank is the quality in our market for for the banks. All right. You're watching the call 12 till 1pm every afternoon as we analyse 10 stocks in quick succession. They're the stocks that you have sent us. They're the ones you're most interested in. So really, this is your hour of Ausbiz to get your fix of the uh, recommendations that are in your portfolio. All right, Adam, let's kick it off. All right. Um, with an interesting one, uh, family-dominated Bingo Industries yes. in the waste and recycling area. I really like Bingo as a business, and it has done very, very well and obviously been hit very, very hard as well. But certainly waste and certainly the way that governments and even globally, China's not accepting any more waste from anybody mm. else. Uh, Queensland's not accepting any more waste from anybody else. So those kinds of things we need to make sure. Bingo is a very much New South Wales centric business, but it has a very, very good uh, balance sheet. It just bought, um, it'll name will come to me, but it was a big uh, dollar dump. Uh, so it just bought that. So, um, you know, again, but it's all about the recycling and the government is pushing for everybody to be recycling more and more, especially in the construction industry. A lot of that stuff gets recycled. So New South Wales is their biggest uh, area where they need to focus on, but they will be expanding into Victoria as well. So I think Bingo is a very, very good business. It's a family business. It's well run. Um, However, um, is that that a positive or negative for you, being a family business? What do they own, 25%, something like that, of the the registry? Yeah, so look, I think it's a positive for stabilisation in the sector, or sorry, stabilisation in the stock. 
because it, 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 it makes it sticky. So there's not a lot of less free float right. in the market. However, um, yes, that can be also an issue because potentially they might not look at other things or they might not look uh, at, at certain things and the families sort of might be sort of a bit more focused on one thing, right. whereas they should be looking at other areas. And, and succession? Yes. Sort of? Could be a key, yeah. Is that a key to yeah, it or absolutely. is it pretty well set up? I don't know right. is the answer to that one. Okay. We'd have to look into that. All right, All right. Big O Industries gets the, uh, the tick from Adam. Uh, let's go the other extreme now. AMP, sort of an absolute <laughs> icon, financial institution that's just been decimated over the last couple of years. I think the key is whether they can get or sell their insurance side of things or whether they can offload some of those other businesses. In this environment, will they be, Will it make it tougher? Will, will they have it, to hang on longer? That's the question, isn't right. it? Yeah, I think they will. I don't see anybody making any acquisitions or anything like that going forward. I think AMP is a sell for me. Uh, we've officially got it as a sell and continuing um, that area as far as that they will continue to struggle going forward. They continue to lose financial planners in their wealth management division. Their capital markets division is certainly under a lot of pressure. However, the bank, AMP Bank, is actually one of those ones that will actually do quite well and is actually making some money or margin going forward. Right. So the bank is probably the only thing now. If they were able to split the business off, and I know that they're trying to talk about that, maybe potentially splitting the business up, that might make it a little bit more attractive for, for a potential buyer. But at the moment, as a, as a business as a whole, we feel it's a sell. Okay, yeah. all right. So how do you rate the management, the senior executive now? Are they capable of turning this thing around? They've got a few tries at turning it around. I, I, I think the market is comfortable with the management at the moment. Right. It's an old ex-City Group yeah. guy. Yeah. I forget yeah. the name. Yeah. So, um, But, yeah, so he does come with some pedigree. Um, and I think it will be difficult. It, it's, it's sort of like the Titanic, you know. It's a yeah, big yeah. ship. You've got to try and turn it. It's going to take time for that to turn around. And confidence, I think, is a really big thing for AMP. They need to make sure people are confident uh, that they want to put their products, put their platforms and those kinds of things. So I think management has got a very tough job ahead of them. But I think they've made some inroads into uh, turning that ship around. It is so tough with something so big, yeah, and such history. an incredible brand and history, yeah. to to actually try and re-engineer it mm. on the run. So a couple of years left to go on that. Confidence is the biggest thing because people don't have confidence. Obviously, through the banking royal commission, through all of those kinds of things, they struggled and everybody struggled uh, to get a, a handle on how this was yeah. going. So, you know, and losing financial planners. I think last year they lost 500 financial planners. They were the biggest financial planning group in Australia and had that name and that brand, yep. which was their steadfast, you know, masthead. Uh, now, I don't think that really carries a lot of weight. No, exactly. All right. Um, something at the other end of the scale in financial services, you mentioned them before yeah. as one of the ones to look out for, a buy on the pullback Macquarie Group. Shamira is doing a fantastic job. Uh, she really is. She's uh, really sort of obviously been stepping into a hard time right at the moment. And Macquarie is generally about global growth. If you, you buy Macquarie, you think global growth is going to happen. And that is certainly something that I think over time will continue to, you know, and obviously global growth is slowing a, a little bit. So it's, a, it's, it's tough. But the stock was $140 four weeks ago. Um, now, 80 or, yep, or so. No, just hit over 90, 90 at the moment. Um, yep. So you can see that little bounce there. I mean, it, it, it is that sort of potential we might have found Down the bottom. Down 40%. This is, this is testament to what you were saying a bit earlier, wasn't it? Yeah. A, a company like Macquarie down 40%. Is amazing. So management's fantastic. They've got, they know how to make money in down markets and in up markets. They've got their commodities. They've got the, all the traders that work through the business. They're very, very smart at what they do. They've got a bank, and that business is doing very, very well. I think it's a screamer down here. I think it's yeah. an absolute buy. You've got to look through the valley, though. You yeah. know, you've got to look two years ahead. And look, it'll go 90 bucks. It'll go to 100. It, you know, it, it will be back up to 120 dollars fairly quickly before you even know it. And I think it's it's an absolute buy in, okay. my, in my view. And what is it with Macquarie, their succession planning? Mm. Because you know, Nick was a hard sort yeah. of uh, big boots to fill in terms yeah. of Macquarie. Yeah. But they just seem to build great management and executive teams there. Well, yeah, and they they obviously employ within. So, you know, I think that's because the culture, like Commonwealth Bank, you know, Matt Common, you know, yep. he's come from 
the culture that they and potentially there was a lot of issues about Shamira as well as Matt that he's been brought up through the bad times and the good times so he would have those rose-colored glasses now Shamira but she's fantastic I think she's really steadied the ship uh, she's got a really good name out there um, people really uh, focus and understand what she's about and that succession planning is just second to none and also she seems to be playing to the strengths of Macquarie mm. often you get a lot of uh, new managing directors coming in saying, I want to put my own stamp on this. I'm going to take it in a different direction. Yes. She's going, right, I know the strengths of this organisation. I'm going to play to the strengths mm. um, and, and do it well. Generally, when new management comes in, they'll I'll get all the skeletons out of the closet. Yep. They'll put everything on show, the dirty, dirty laundry, and generally <laughs> the share price will fall because... Yep. And then they go, well, the, then there's a level. And then, then they go ahead and they go, look, how good am I? I got the share price from here to here. You know, we've risen the share price. Shamira hasn't done that. She's just said, look, steady as she goes, this is what we're going to do. And I think culturally, everybody has rallied behind her as well. I think yeah. it's fantastic that a woman is in, in, in charge. And sure. I, think, I think that business has really uh, benefited from that. That's fabulous. Mm. All right, uh, next one. Uh, this is the call between midday and 1 p.m. every afternoon where we go through the stocks that you want to hear about, that you want to get expert opinions. So if you've got uh, a stock that you're interested in or one in the portfolio, you may need a bit more information on, um, send it either through Twitter or through through the app um, or on our Facebook page or email through. Plenty of ways to get to us. And next one, Whitehaven Coal. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, so... So it's a little bit difficult, this one, because of the environment that we're in. FIFO, first in, first out, staff are no more. You you can't get staff coming from WA, New South Wales, Queensland, from Indonesia, or Bali, you know, where you would normally get your workers coming in for two, you know, two weeks on, one week off kind of thing. That's just not happening anymore. So any one of the resources that companies that we could potentially look at um, are going to struggle to find workers to get the coal out of the ground, to get the iron ore out of the ground, to get any kind of commodity yep. out of the ground. So I think that is a very unusual circumstance where we're at at the moment. I think it's one of those things where um, it's been very, very difficult. We've actually had a sell on Whitehaven for about a year and a half now, and our analyst just last week put it to a hold. So he's sort of turning, it's come out of the why, naughty why? corner. Why? Uh, well, because of the share price. I think right. he, he's now starting to see value in it. Right. Um, but um, yeah, he, he, we, we, it's called what he called the naughty corner and he's got a quadrant of you know, where the stock price is versus <laughs> where the commodity is and all that kind of stuff. Right. And they, you know, they move around and this stock with the share price where it is at the moment has certainly come back and he sees value in it at the moment. So, but I would overlay that with the coronavirus and I would overlay that with what they're doing. Um, They've got cash in the bank, that's not a problem. They've got uh, the ability to to weather a storm, as it were. But I think um, coal is an overarching environmental issue. There are issues there, Um, but the balance sheet is quite good. Uh, We've we've now moved to a hold on it. I think it's something that um, will do well, however, resources and fly of getting staff. Yeah, this work, workforce thing is an interesting one because I haven't read anything from the resource stocks who have come out and said it's a problem as yet. But yeah. but as you're saying, it has to be a problem for them going forward. I, I read something the other day that, that one of the resource stocks uh, were putting to the unions on 14-week shifts. Wow. Um, now, the union's up in arms about that, and you can't possibly do a 14-week shift. Yeah. But I suppose the reason for that is, first two weeks, you'd probably have to go into quarantine if you had Absolutely. a pipeline coming in Absolutely. Um, from interstate. So it makes sense, but that's a hell of a long t- time to work. As well as then, you know, for them to pay them, feed them, accommodate yeah. them, all that kind of, there's an expense to, to all of that as well. Um, so I think commodities as such uh, will do quite well because... Commodity prices is all about supply and demand. Now, there's a lot of demand still there for those commodities, but if the supply starts to dry up, when you're talking copper, iron, or coal, everything like that, yeah. South Africa's closed most of their mines down. We will start to see more mines being shuttered or care and maintenance, yeah. and so that could be an issue going forward. But I've got a few clients that are in the mining sector, and they're exactly what they're telling me, that their jobs mm. are pretty much gone because 
they can't fly in, they can't get them out. Something to watch out for, that's for sure. Lovely. You're listening to uh, to the call each and every workday or markets day, as we like to call it here at Ausbiz, between 12 and 1 p.m. as we go through the stocks that you want opinions on. Uh, Adam Dawes from Shoreham Partners is with me. Also joining us uh, via Skype, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. Um, Henry, how are you, mate? Good day on the markets. I'm good, thanks, David. How are you? We haven't met before, but congratulations on getting the new station up and running. Yeah, it's very exciting, actually. Uh, you've come in at a good time. We're just talking about yeah. about Whitehaven Coal. What's what's your view on it? Well, I, I think Adam is uh, correct in terms of uh, talking about some of the headwinds that are in, in the resources generally, getting workers into fly in, fly out. And, of course, Whitehaven had issues during the drought as well up in... Uh, Oh, the I coal think. that they were getting out. Right. So, um, are we still there? Yep. Got you, Marcus. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I tend to agree with uh, with Adam. Uh, I know that uh, his analyst has had a sell on it for a while, and they've done well out of that sell. Uh, it probably is a hold at these kind of prices, uh, given that uh, I think resources generally around the world are going to be uh, struggling to find the workers, and those pressures on pricing, at least in the medium term, might come through. Uh, certainly, we're seeing that in the Pilbara in terms of locking up the Pilbara and trying to keep those FIFO workers on site rather than flying in and flying out while we're in this uh, lockdown that we have at the moment. So I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, coal prices edge up a little bit in this environment or at least hold steady. Uh, and certainly compared to oil, which has been a disaster, uh, Whitehaven could be a bit of a recovery story. Yep. OK. All right. While we've got you, um, let's move on to Nearmap. Um Great little tech business that uh, seems to have found its feet. Um, Henry, what do you think of Nearmap? Yeah, it has found its feet, David. It, it, it kind of came out with a bit of a shock for the market even before the coronavirus uh, hit us in terms of uh, its US business. We did see some churn going on there. It did seem to be losing one or two of its clients. And as a result, the stock price got walloped and it hasn't really recovered. And of course, it's now taken the one-two blow of the coronavirus as well which makes it equally uh, hard for them. I suspect, you know, at the back of my mind, there's kind of a little thought here that maybe some of the technology they use in terms of, uh, of their sort of um, aerial mapping could have some uses going forward during this crisis. So I'm not averse to the near, cap, uh, the near map story. Um, I do like it as a story. I think it's got great potential, but clearly it's had a setback in that key US market. Um, but I think there's just something nagging at my mind that says maybe there's something here that could be used to help um, with the virus. I'm not, I'm not sure what, but uh, being able to uh, take pictures in real time uh, or certainly in, in not such uh, or better real time than some of the others uh, could be quite useful, I guess, in controlling uh, this epidemic. Yeah. So uh, I like the story. I like the technology. I think they've done really well. It's just that uh, they've had these setbacks before and it takes a while to win back that credibility in the markets, as we all know. Uh, once you've uh, stuck with it once, uh, if then, I, it, uh, then it's... If uh, only they could come up with a heat map, then it would yeah, go well, through the... <laughs> I'm also thinking that maybe that there's a stock called Orbital uh, Corp, which some of uh, us old timers remember from the days of Ralph Sarri. Right, yes. These guys have uh, engines for drones and they work in hand in glove with uh, Boeing. And this is, of course, if Boeing continues in existence because it's their one biggest client. But certainly some of the drone technology that could be used as well in the uh, in this pandemic could be useful too. So mm. I think there's some technology here um, that's in the background. I know we've all focused on medical and the bio and the testing and the biotech side of things. But I think there's technology as well in terms of tracking of people in terms of being able to uh, to watch out for hotspots, crowd gatherings, etc., but I think some of these technology companies could uh, fill that void in doing. Yeah, really good point, Adam. What a short think of it. Uh, we don't officially cover it. Um, however, um, I think it's it, it's it's a hold for me. Again, this is in the hero category for me. I don't think you need to be a hero at the moment. I think you need to buy quality. So, this is certainly if you, if you're talking about a sector stock, this is a quality sector. Um, however, their balance sheet probably looks a little bit skinny for me, and I think that they'll probably need to raise some capital uh, in the next year or so. So I think that'll be putting a, um, a hold on the share price or putting a yep. lid on the share price at the moment as the market knows that they need to raise some money. 
they do have a lot of other competitors nipping at their heels as well. So, you know, you need to be careful uh, with what's going on there. Um, but certainly, I think as, as a business and as a technology, it, it's very, very good. And it really surprised me how quickly this stock rallied over when times were good, how quickly this stock rallied. I mean, it was just... It became a darling, didn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yep. And so I couldn't really understand. Um, but for a business that needs real-time mapping and can actually do spatial awareness and they, their, their technology is fantastic, um, it is very, very essential for people to use those kinds of things. So um, for me, it's it's a hold. Um, right. I, I wouldn't be going anywhere near it. If you, hold, if you, ha- if you have it, hold it, absolutely. Um, but I'm more concerned about that balance sheet issue and they will need to raise capital. Okay. At a time when a lot of companies look as though they're going We've to be raising capital. We've seen them all doing capital. it. Cochlear, yeah. or you, you yeah. watch in the next two weeks, three weeks, you're going to see a massive amount of money being trying to be raised. Yeah. We saw that in the GFC and there were some fantastic prices. You know, Commonwealth Bank at 35 bucks. You know, the, there was some fantastic opportunities um, and, you know, companies are going to need to do that, yeah. yeah. All right, Henry, what about Aristocrat? Oh... <laughs> yeah, David, great, uh, great stock. I mean, it's a great Aussie success story. If uh, if uh, selling pokey machines is a success story um, on an ethical basis, it's the great thing about Aristocrat, I guess, is one, it's been whacked around the head so much because of the uh, the lockdowns and the closure of pubs and clubs, of course, which has a major effect yeah. on them. Mm-hmm. But they do have the digital gaming side of things, which uh, I think is only around 30% of their earnings currently. But you would imagine in a world where we don't have anything to gamble on. Uh, collectively around the world, and not much uh, to uh, to raise a smile at times, then aristocrats should be doing relatively well in that digital gaming business, um, and that will help them get through this. They've got, you know, they've got a pretty good balance sheet. Um, yeah, they they're do. not highly geared. Um, they're in a good place. Clearly, you know, it's it's having a massive effect on their business. I think 30% of their uh, earnings is around uh, sales of new poker machines, and 30% is geared to uh, to the poker machines actually uh, being run. And the other part of their business, as I say, is this growing digital business. So I think, you know, at these kind of prices, it's not a bad place to be if you can get your head around the ethical quandary. And, and I, we've, I've talked about this before in the past about, you know, obviously ethical and social and, and these sorts of things are becoming a more prevalent uh, investment kind of philosophy. So if you can get your head around uh, investing in a company that is involved in gambling and gaming and poker machines. And I think at these kind of prices, it's uh, it's a pretty good uh, buy. Okay, Adam? Yeah, look, um, 20, 30% of his business is digital. Uh, 70% is land-based or poker machines. So, you know, there's that sort of segment uh, of revenue that's coming in. Obviously, digital won't offset all of the losses that we're going to be seeing inside of the pokies and the, the pubs and clubs around the world and casinos around the world. I mean, Crown Resorts uh, last week sacked 18,500 people, you know, so it, it, it's, it's, it's a big hit to aristocrat. But Henry's absolutely right. That digital should not be impacted. And in fact, they should be investing more and more money into that. The digital side is also about social gaming and there's, uh, there's lots of other things than just sort of tapping a phone to sort of see some reels moving across. They're into a lot of other things. And that's the real reason, the digital reason is why the, the stock has rallied. And again, a market mm-hmm. darling, but it is the best in its sector. Balance sheet and gearing, I think gearing a PE, sorry, I think it was a, the, the, it's trading on a PE of eight times, which is a 60% discount uh, to where their sort of three-year PE should be. So yeah. absolutely. This as long is as a, you still have the E, Adam, that is. Say that again, Henry. As long as you still have the E in the PE ratio. <laughs> yeah. You need E, yes, exactly right, all viewers. <laughs> Price to earnings. Yeah. So you need the E. As long as you get the earnings, then the, the PE is okay. But yeah, so it is trading on a discount on yeah. the PE. But um, I, I think the market should focus on that digital side. Uh, it is going to be tough for them, no doubt about it. Okay. Uh, but Marcus, you, you both highlighted the digital side. Do they have a management team that sees the potential of that? Um, have they got a progressive executive team that goes, okay, we are going to shift to digital? Or are they, they stuck with the, the one-armed bandits? Um, I think in the past they did lose some key uh, people in that sector from memory a few years ago, but yeah, they okay. have pushed into that digital side of uh, the, the business. I wouldn't say they've been aggressive, and I suspect that uh, that probably is the same for an awful lot of Australian companies that are used to dealing in the physical world. JB Hi-Fi springs to mind. They probably haven't been as aggressive going into digital as others have, like Kogan, mm-hmm. for instance. Um, and this is going to force 
us as a, as a I guess, as a, a corporate community to embrace the digital world far more. Here we are, we're talking on Skype. Mm. Zoom has become a social phenomenon. I've had, you know, friends of mine have had 16 people around for dinner on Zoom. It's, uh, <laughs> it's extraordinary. So I think things are changing and we are going to be living in a different world and maybe uh, the aristocrat management uh, there's certainly lots of people out there they can hire. There's no shortage of people to uh, to hire at the moment through uh, through job losses. Um, but they have shown that they can adapt, and they have shown mm. that they can uh, do well in changing environments. And certainly that that applies to the regulatory environment as well as digital environments. So I think you have to back management because of their track record. And let's face it, if if they weren't, if it wasn't for this uh horrible pandemic they they'd be riding very very high still so yep. you know will we come back and will we come back and put money through the pokey machines will the pubs and clubs open at some stage will vegas open yes of course it will uh it's just a question of time they're in a good place in terms of their balance sheet they're in good place in terms of their uh mitigation strategy and diversity of earnings through that digital platform so it gets a tick from me it's certainly a buy yeah. Adam, what, how do you rate management? Oh, I think management is second to none. They're, they're fantastic. I mean, times are going to be challenging. Um, I, I'm sort of, I mean, I, I, Henry, I'll ask you the question. Um, do you think they're positioned well potentially to do some mergers and acquisitions to grow those earnings in this tough time? Yeah, I think, uh, I think that, you know, there's a lot of companies out there at the moment that will be looking at this, uh, this terrible period that we're going through as an opportunity. We've just mm. seen uh, EML payments come out and renegotiate their uh, their acquisition of a prepaid business massively down. Um, and I think that gives a lot of companies a lot of leverage at the moment. If you've got a good balance sheet, you've got cash, you're in a good place, then acquisitions are going to pop up. These kind of rescue uh, trades or recapitalization trades won't just be confined to ASX-listed companies. There will be other companies out there that are struggling that want to, you know, they want to fall into the arms of a big brother like Aristocrat and uh, and get that security for their workforce. So I think there are going to be some significant opportunities for, for those that do thrive as opposed to just survive or die. Yep. All right, you're watching The Call between midday and 1pm every afternoon. Joining us, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today via Skype and also Adam Dawes from Shoreham Partners. The next one, what do you say about this company, WiseTech? Depends on what day it is, I suppose, <laughs> when you talk about talk about this stock. Um, Adam, yeah. I've, I've, I just don't know about WiseTech anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it is certainly one of those ones that uh, is, is up and down and is very volatile wow. in, yeah. in this sector and potentially part of our sort of tech space or tech, uh, you know, one of the wax stocks. Uh, so, yeah, there's certainly... Um, I think it's unlikely that they're going to recover as well or go back to that market darling status that they did have last year. I think it's very, very difficult. We're going to see downgrades uh, to, to the business uh, and, and that could be around sort of EPS downgrades of sort of 7 to 8%, which isn't huge in this, in this side of things. But yep. I think any kind of downgrade or forecast lowering going through into 2021, 2022 is going to be very, very difficult for them to get back onto their feet. I think the valuations where it is at the moment, I mean, you can see there, it, you know, it probably looks like a good value buy here, but I'd be really cautious uh, about how um, they're, they're going to go ahead. They're actually, they actually came out and provided an update to the market where a lot of companies have basically started to say, look, we can't, we can't give you guidance, we can't give forecasts and sort of pulling back from that. They came out and sort of gave a trading update saying that, you know, in state of the current global um, freight market and those kinds of things and global supply lines, um, they're still looking quite full. So they are starting to see that sort of running. I mean, obviously, they're, they're doing quite well. But, yeah, I, I think it's a hold for me, and I probably wouldn't go near it at these levels. Okay. All right. What do you reckon, Henry? He might disagree well, with me on this one. Well, as you say, David, it's, um, it's a bit of pin the tail on the donkey with, uh, with a lot of stocks at the moment because the whole earnings outlook is so uh, unpredictable, as we know. I mean, the whole everything outlook is so unpredictable. So it's really hard to get a handle on it. WiseTech, I guess, uh, were lucky if that's the right word because they were in serious problems even before this hit. Uh, mm. They'd had uh, a short seller out of uh, Asia attack mm. them over a number of issues, and the stock price had fallen from that hero status uh, well in advance of where everything else fell into a hole. But you have to say uh, it, it's hard to see a logistics company uh, doing well, at least in the short term, when trade and goods and, and demand for those goods 
is so um, affected by what we're seeing around the world with this pandemic. Having said that, when things do recover, and they will, let's face it, at some stage they will recover, um, we will see a much more complicated world for trade uh, and goods and where they've come from and the quarantine procedures around those things. And WiseTech, which is a, a logistics technology company, should be, and I, I emphasize should be, uh, uniquely placed to be able to handle a more complicated trading global system uh, than maybe others. So that there is a downside, to, uh, an upside to that rather. The other thing that's going in their favor, of course, is just momentum. Uh, you know, we've seen the market recover from basically 4,500 to 5,350 or whatever it is at mm. the moment. It depends uh, if you blink or go to the loo what level the market is. Um, but you have seen this market recover extraordinarily well. And as Adam points out, it is one of the wax stocks. So it will just get bought up because it's part of the community or the group of tech stocks. Um, and it is, it is a relatively big part of that uh, ETF scene. And it is one of the go-to technology stocks from the past that people will look for. But, but I think what we have to be careful of is anchoring uh, our sort of ideas of what's value uh, by previous highs. Uh, we may have to throw that out the window because the world has changed so much. Um, but I think here there should be more upside to come. But uh, you've just got to be nimble, I think, in this market, especially with stocks like WiseTech. Afterpay is another one. Some days yeah. it's up 56%, other days it drops 40%. You know, it's extraordinary gyrations and volatility that we're seeing at the moment. And I've been around since uh, since the early 80s in this business. And although, you know, you always think you've seen it all, I can promise you I've never seen anything like this time. Yep. This Remember also, uh, Henry, this one uh, is also an Aussie dollar story. So lower the Aussie dollar, it is more beneficial for them uh, when freight is moving around the world. So. With an Aussie dollar where it is 60, 50, whatever, 60, 56 or whatever it is, that is a positive for them. So there's some underlying things that might do well for them going forward. Well, where have you been with your Aussie dollar? Isn't it 61? Oh, well, okay. I mean, it was 56 <laughs> like a like three days ago, wasn't it? Did you just turn the machine off for five minutes and not realise the Aussie dollar value 10%? What's the gold price doing at the moment, hey, Henry? Tell me. Um, I haven't got it on my screen. Ah, there we go. Ah. There we go. <laughs> All right. No one up ship here. Thanks very much. All right. So WiseTech, very volatile. Just quickly, um, Henry, is that um, have the shorts left it alone? Have they gone away or will they come back and attack again? Uh, I don't think they need to uh, attack too yeah. much at the moment, David. No. I mean, the, the, the market's been doing their work for them to an extent. Yeah, there's um, a point. They will be coming back at some stage, um, but have, you know they, they might have their own problems. They're a, they're a fund manager in a research house. They may, may have bigger fish to fry than WiseTech. And to be honest, they have been absolutely spot on um, in terms of the, uh, it may be for the wrong reasons. It's a bit like when you're at school and you get the right answer and your workings are wrong, but the right answer is still the right answer. They have made a lot of money out of WiseTech. Uh, I haven't looked at the short position recently and what their short position is. But certainly, uh, I suspect they'll be back at some stage, but maybe they've just got bigger fish to fry at the moment. Okay. All right, let's move on. Uh, next stock, Ostal. What do you think, yep. Adam? Well, I don't know why anyone's asking about this. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's a, it's a stock in the market, but yeah, I, I, um, I, I sort of, it's certainly something that I wouldn't be looking at at the moment. I think, you know, there's so many other fantastic stories out there. Ostal, an interesting story. Look, um, it makes ships and generally it, it makes warships uh, in America. And that's probably 90% of their revenue comes from the US Navy. Mm. So it is very much tied to what they're doing now in these uncertain times. Are they making more boats? Probably. The balance sheet is fairly good. Um, but I won't spend much time on this one. I'd, I, look, I, I don't think you need to be there. I think there's plenty more out there at the moment to be watching. Okay. Henry, what do you reckon? Um, well, David and Adam, it's a great Aussie success story, Austel. I mean, it was, uh, you know, but making ships is not something that we've been traditionally uh, good at, I guess, not for a long time. And Austel have really done a fantastic job. Uh, most of their operations are in the U.S. and they supply the U.S. Navy. Now, they've just been named as a critical supplier. So effectively, nothing really will change for them in terms of their uh, production, which is a good. It's been one of those sleepy kind of grind higher stories um it has got some uh, obviously uh us dollar uh, exposure 
there, 61 cents by the by the uh, atom. Um, but it has got that Aussie dollar exposure as well. Uh, it is a critical producer. It's probably not the sexiest thing in a market which is looking for things that are bombed out and sexy. Um, but it is a slow grind, critical infrastructure story uh, in terms of U.S. defense. They've done a magnificent job in getting into the U.S. And uh, it's, it, it is kind of inoculated to some extent against the world's woes at the yeah. moment. The, the risk, of course, is that the, you, know, you get one worker or a few workers that get tested positive and the whole thing closes down. Uh, but the mere fact that it is a critical business for the U.S. Defense Department yeah. uh, is, uh, is a substantial. Positive. And you've got Donald, Donald Trump with the defense dollars and sort of um, yep. uh, putting China up as the great bogey for the world. Americans always have to have somebody to hate, mm. whether it be yep. the Afghans or yeah. Al-Qaeda. There's got to be a war on something It just keeps feeding that American war machine, which yeah. it, it leverages on. They are a defensive business. So, I mean, I was a little yeah. bit flippant. I mean, uh, you know, uh, they are you a good flippant. Defensive. I thought you were a bit harsh. Yeah, well, right you know, sometimes <laughs> you need to be harsh in this market. But, you know, they've got 95 million cash on the bank, in the bank. So, yeah. look, they're, 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 you know, balance sheet wise, I think they're there. It is a defensive business. But look, there's so many better businesses out there. All right. Is one of those better businesses uh, Maya, Henry? <laughs> no. I don't, I don't know why you were so hot about the Australian success story, Adam, when, when we've got Maya coming up. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this company is, uh, has been in serious strife for a long time. I guess the only positive, I mean, they're pretty much closed down in terms of their stores. Um, they'd obviously have some online presence, but that's something they have been slow to adopt, like David Jones as well. So uh, that, that has been uh, something for them. Um, but uh, the only good thing is that they will be able to uh, maybe go the Solly Lou route and downsize and shrink their footprint using the cover of the coronavirus as the reason to do that. Mm. And that shrinkage of footprint, I think, is vital for, for Maya because their stores are just too big too rambling and too if they can um, if they can get that footprint down then that would be really helpful Adam? yeah look uh, i've i mean this one's been been pretty horrible since uh, private equity packaged it back up and and put it back to the market it's been a, it's been a horrible story been a dog it, it has yep. and it really has struggled because you know online has been one of those ones that they've really never been able to combat you know the back in the day you used to go into the store and try something on and buy it i mean you know the millennials younger people even us now we're all buying things online so it really doesn't sit with the way yeah. people are buying and selling did you say old people yeah you can see the gray hair henry <laughs> even us it, it's gone a lot, a lot grayer henry and previously you said you can remember the late 70s so yeah you're not a millennial that's for sure <laughs> by your own admission <laughs> but but they've never got it right have no, they they, they just is it because the brand is just so old-fashioned old-fashioned jennifer hawkins couldn't really do it when yeah. uh, when they listed yeah I think closing 60 stores for a month is going to be a really big uh, issue for those guys. They're not going to be able to come back from this. I agree with Henry. If they are able to shrink that uh, that footprint, I think that, that will be a definite bonus for them. But look, you know, this has come at a really bad time. There was a couple of fundies uh, a couple of months ago before, you know, sort of in late 2019, they were talking about Myers actually starting to get some earnings on the board. And this is a good turnaround story. But look, certainly with Corona now and the way the, the world is, is happening, this is just a final sort of nail in the coffin uh, for Maya. Wow, in the coffin? I think so. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. Old world is not going to work anymore. Henry, you reckon it's headed for the grave? Um, I, I don't know if heading for the grave. I, I think they're too too important for, uh, for, the, uh, for the retail, uh, I guess, footprint in terms of those, uh, those landlords but they will need to hasten their shrinkage, which I think is very important. To be honest, the, the management team that they've got at the moment is doing a relatively okay job. They had, you know, considering the headwinds and consumer confidence that we've seen in the Australian economy, even before any of this blew up, um, Maya were actually kind of, you, you almost felt like they were on the right track and it was that kind of resurrection story that, that would, uh, you know, kind of come through. In, in, but unfortunately with this, this uh, pandemic, uh, that has I don't know if it's the final nail. I don't know if it's a nail in the coffin. I think if they use this crisis correctly, shrink their stores, negotiate new rentals, 
and then come back, there could be that a bit of pent up uh, sort of consumer demand as people come out of their houses and go, oh, I want that new dress or I want that suit or something mm. uh, to cheer themselves up. So you might see a bit of a, a consumer confidence bounce, albeit at particularly low levels when this is over. Okay. And it will be over. Let's. Well, Adam, Adam is here basically saying, tell Henry he's dreaming. <laughs> Mate, you are dreaming. <laughs> because basically, like-for-like like sales, yes, uh, have done quite well. However, there's far more better investments uh, to, to look at. Um, you know, the whole working from home at the moment is certainly something that I think is, is, is going to do well. So you've got your JB Hi-Fi's, you've got your Harvey Normans, you've got your West Farmers with Office Works and Bunnings, those kinds of things. I think there's certainly far better retail or consumer discretionary uh, stocks in the market to invest in than something like a Meyer, which is going to struggle. Don't, don't disagree with that, Adam. I think there are, you're absolutely spot on. There are far better stories but this could be one of those stocks that does actually use the crisis and as they say you should never waste a good crisis no well because that does bring up the point a lot of these companies if they want to be aggressive and they've been scared to actually just change their model completely there's no better way to blame it on a coronavirus and say we cannot be the company that we have been in the past henry Um, but you've, you've, yep. you've got to have the guts, you've got to have the balls to do that. Absolutely, David. I, you know, I think even just that we've seen with this avalanche of earnings being withdrawn, I mean, some of them are still seeing their businesses doing pretty well. Um, and they've suspended dividends, they're changing the way they do things. And I think a lot of uh, corporates will be using this as a cover, as you say, to restructure their businesses, either that to take costs out through uh, uh, staff cuts that will never come back. That, of course, is the is the one of the issues with the economy. But there will be a lot of companies that will use this crisis as a cover. And it's certainly, you know, you never let a good crisis go to waste effectively. And you do need to uh, look at your business and you do need to plan for every eventuality. I remember back in 1999, here we go, I'm going back into the annals again. (laughs) Yeah, you're definitely not a millennial. Yeah, you lost me. I've got a couple of them that are at home though. Um, I can bring out the available opportunity. But back in 1990, when I was working for Quarry Bank, I sat through hours and hours and hours, days almost, of endless meetings about Y2K. You remember the end of the world that was going to come through a computer virus? Well, we spent so much time planning for that, yet most businesses probably haven't planned for what we're now seeing. But this Mm. is a great opportunity to change, plan, and strategize. And let's face it, a lot of people are at home twiddling their thumbs looking for a dog to walk, but... um, that it is giving them time to reflect and think. And I think corporates will emerge from this. The ones that do emerge will emerge bigger, stronger, and in a more, um, shall we say, 21st century place with, with technology at its core, as opposed to the old fashioned, let's put people in a, a, a big box in the yep. city and, uh, and, and, and go from there. That, that may be so 20th century that we've now entered a whole new phase. I think also that companies might use this as a, a weight for an excuse to yep. downgrade. Yep. You know, okay, Borrell, as an example, was probably in a lot of trouble before this happened. But again, um, you know, or, or any kind of company, they'll just use, put the coronavirus, COVID, whatever it is in the, in the yep. heading and say, oh, because of this, we're having to downgrade. So it's, it's a fantastic excuse. Companies used to use the weather. Yep. They used to use the currency. They used to use all these other things. But this is going to be yep. a fantastic well, excuse. Yeah, yeah, and Henry, as you said, don't waste it. Uh, you're watching The Call, um, which is on each and every day between midday and 1pm. And uh, joining me, Henry Jennings via Skype from Marcus Today and Adam Dawes from Shoreham Partners. All right, the final one on the list. Um, Henry, we missed you on the top three. We'll come back to that after we finish up with uh, with Nine Entertainment. Uh, Adam? Yeah, um, it's an interesting business. I mean, certainly before all of this happened, um, you know, we were all talking about online basically coming and taking over the world and streaming services and all these kinds of things and traditional media companies really struggling on, on the back of that. Uh, look, certainly Nine, uh, you can see on that chart, has certainly um, fallen uh, a fair way. But I actually think it's fairly well placed in this market to do okay. Um, and really, the, the biggest thing for me is uh, I still feel that short term there'll be downgrades, no doubt about it. I still think that. But um, it is probably one of the most uh, 
stocks, it's out of the traditional media stocks, I think it's best place to recover because of its streaming or its online assets, which is the Stan uh, business yep. that's going in there. Pays a fantastic dividend. So I think you'll get a lot of people that'll be moving towards that. I do feel that dividend will be impacted and certainly that will come off uh, on, on the larger scale. What's the yield at the moment? Well, I think it's around, and Henry might have his screens in front of him, but I think it's around about a, a 13% yield. Jeez, that's so, attractive, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but people get but caught. But don't lock it in. People yep. get caught on that, on that dividend trap of looking at that uh, a number. So yeah, I sort of think that um, it does represent some value down here. I have never been a fan of media assets. I think it's, it's, it's too fraught with danger. They have then taken over the financial review and all those kinds of businesses. So I think that sort of um, online business and even, uh, and this is a different business, but Telegraph and uh, The Australian, they're all offering now uh, free, yeah, you know, no paywalls, no at paywalls all. You know, for yep. four weeks and those kinds of things because they've seen more and more readers coming to their mastheads because people need information. Yep. And so that is, you know, this, so it's actually a really good thing for online and really good on, for newspapers yep. in general. But I do feel that um, if it does recover, uh, it, it's going to be, it's going to struggle. But I think that online and that, that streaming business is probably something that should do well. Henry? Um, it's really simple, I think, David and Adam. Fear sells. Um, we're in an environment where people are scared and they want information. And what better place to get information than either the traditional television yep. or the traditional newspaper, which we know has some guarantee of quality, as opposed to listening to Karen from Facebook um, on her expertise on the latest on coronavirus. And I think Nine Network has done a pretty good job so far. And I would imagine that their advertising revenues are going to be up because there's more eyeballs looking at it. Um, as Adam rightly points out, they also own Stan. And let's face it, you've soon run out of things in English to watch on Netflix, um, so you have to start <laughs> watching Stan. That's right. So, although, um, although the dubbing on Netflix has got a lot better in the in the Spanish series, I don't know. <laughs> it has. It has. It was a bit rusty, but now it's looking a lot better. But, yep. um, you know, Stan is a big, big boost for them, as is... Um, the, the traditional masthead newspapers, the digital editions, people are hungry for news. I guess the problem that they have in their newspapers, and this is uh, something that you, I probably notice whenever I pick up a Sunday paper from, from Fairfax or even a daily one, is the amount of advertising for travel is quite extraordinary. Mm. Um, it's almost like a cruise guide, uh, the weekend ones. And if you're think, contemplating on getting on a cruise in the future, I think you've got your, uh, you need to have your head examined. Um, and you've got rocks in your head because it's going to be a very interesting uh, industry to see how they bounce back because that's going to be deeply affected by the psyche. But yeah. apart from that, I would imagine advertising revenues are going to be pretty robust. Um, they've got many levers they can pull. Um, and I think, you know, with Stan, even Domain to a certain extent, uh, you know, people sitting at home, um, they've got nothing else to do. I, I just spoke to a mate of mine who um, who is involved in a uh, mortgage broken company. They've had uh, massive amounts of inquiries and people refinancing because they're sitting at home bored and they're re and they're clicking on things. That's going to be a big factor in all these media companies and certainly media companies that you can trust. I think is a, is a big tick in the box in these sorts of times. You know, we, we in in days gone by. Now I was not alive for this, but you know, Walter Cronkite, Crondike, and people like this in the media days of yore. Um, were voices you can trust. And I think that goes for Fairfax and Nine Network to a certain extent as well. Okay, they just got to fix up their breakfast program. Um, all right, so a big tick for, for Nine. I say that in jest. Um, Henry, can we go back up the top because we didn't have you on Skype um, early on in the program. Um, quick analysis. First up, Bingo Industries. Um, well, I heard Adam talk about Bingo. Obviously, uh, they've been under some pressure because a lot of their business is determined uh, by uh, waste products coming out of restaurants, cafes, etc., like that. And they're also geared to infrastructure and uh, home renovations with their uh, with their dialer dump and those sorts of things. But I think it's got you know again these these companies are going to recover. They're they're in a relatively good place balance sheet wise, uh, and I think you know at these kind of levels they look attractive. The world is going to come back. Um, it may be two months, it may be four months, it may be five months, but it's all about survival and then when you come back. And I think bingo, if you look upon the government's stimulus in terms of infrastructure, which does take a little while to get going, it's all very well 
chucking 130 billion at uh, a job keeper program and that's instant that's fantastic because that does work quickly infrastructure takes a lot longer to kind of ramp up although we talk about shovel ready products but the next leg when we start to come out of this uh this 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 temporary uh, period will be uh, governments pushing money into infrastructure mm. products to get people back to work and i think bingo okay. will do well out of that big tick for um, bingo so, yeah. but the same with Adam. Adam had a sell on AMP. Oh, that's a that's a big call, Adam. Come on, uh, mate. We're not here. Uh, <laughs> I, I've got to say, you know, you've, troubles have come in battalions for AMP, and this really hasn't helped them. I, I think, uh, you know, if, if you're looking at financial services companies, there are probably better ones to go with. Um, they could bounce short, sharp, but the underlying problems are still there. Um, they won't have gone away. In fact, they will have got bigger uh, to a certain extent. So um, if you're going to go for um, geared investments to the financial recovery, um, I think the fund managers and those sorts of products or those sorts of companies have that sort of double whammy gearing. Their yeah. funds under management grow as the market goes up. And as the market goes up, their performance fees uh, look a little bit more likely to come through. So that is a, that is a positive right. on two fronts for it. Um, I, I think AMP's problems are too un, too embedded now and it, it may be that they use this crisis as uh you know as a, a way to completely restructure their business but that would be very courageous prime minister okay uh better option um adam thought was uh was macquarie group uh strong buy on that one of those great stocks that have been slaughtered by the market like everybody else but uh great time to buy and get in um, yeah, I have to agree with Adam. I mean, it, it's again, it's it's geared to the market as a fund manager. It's got an annuity style business. It's very much exposed to infrastructure. Interestingly, we haven't seen, and I'm I'm maybe preempting this, but I haven't seen anything really from Macquarie in terms of how it's impacting their business. Shamara is a class act. She's a very very smart lady, and if anybody has modelled this kind of crisis. It would have been Macquarie. I was there for seven years, and their risk management is second to none. And that was even yep. back in 1753 uh, when I was there. Uh, so um, I would think that uh, you know, certainly at the moment, for me, it's one of the premier picks in the market. Okay. If you do believe that it's going to recover, that's one to have. Perfect. All right, gentlemen. Thank you for that. Yeah. <coughs> I'm starting to lose my voice, <coughs> uh, but uh, appreciate your time. Adam Dawes from Shoreham Partners, Henry Jennings from Marcus today via Skype. And just a quick su summary, big tick for bingo, uh, sell for AMP, Macquarie, great time to buy, Whitehaven Coal, hold, uh, same with Nearmap, uh, pretty good wraps on Aristocrat, uh, WiseTech leave, uh, Ostal sleepy, uh, Maya <laughs> don't yep. touch with a barge pole, nine good for a bounce back. Gentlemen, Thank you again. Thank you. See you same time tomorrow, midday for the call. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.